Hello, everyone, and welcome to Devil Fruit Punch, the podcast where we read One Piece and then we talk about it. I am, of course, your host, John, and joining me, as always, from the sandy dunes of Alabasta is Patrick Ramirez. Hello, this is Toy Patrick. I'm here to talk about toy, 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 toys. And also joining me from a subterranean structure beneath New York City is Matt. Hey, everybody. Uh, there are more tunnels than have yet been discovered, uh, and I'm in one of the deeper ones. It's great. We're just going to keep on tunneling until uh, there's a whole network of them down here. And can't wait for you all to find out what happens next. Hopefully we don't have an uh, as above, so below situation on our hands. Uh, well, the thing about tunnels is if you keep tunneling, uh, eventually it's all going to just be one place because it's just going to kind of collapse in on itself. <laughs> um, the tunnels are wild. We we can't get into it. but <laughs> They're very funny, but, they but yeah, totally unrelated to this. <laughs> it is it is pretty hilarious that they exist. <laughs> um, you know what also exists is a manga called One Piece, and we read it. This week, we read chapters 714 through 726, second chunk of Dressrosa, I believe. And here's what happened. Aboard the Thousand Sunny, Brook, Nami, and Chopper struggle against an enemy with seemingly Picasso-based devil fruit abilities. Back at the Coliseum, Rebecca has a strange encounter with an injured gladiator. Bellamy is offered a chance at redemption and a position as an officer in the Doflamingo crime family if he can manage to assassinate Luffy. Bartolomeo confronts Cavendish over his grudge against Luffy. Uh, Hadridan, the giant, is cleaning up in the arena when he comes face-to-face with Luffy, who presents him with a jet pistol to the side of his face. There are many other powerful contestants, including hitmen, a gangster, and even a combat sports athlete. Finally, it's just Don Chinjao and Lucy left to duke it out. What's this? A flashback of Don Chinjao? That can't be right. Anyway, apparently his concave head was at one point very much convex until Garp fricked it all up. Not only does Luffy defeat him, but he unfricks the old man's head in the process. Uh, Chinjao cries, and Luffy is confused, and I guess they make up, kind of? Uh, the Marines are waiting outside the Coliseum to arrest a bunch of pirates, and we learn about the 12 p.m. curfew, the enforced apartheid, and the memory-based shenanigans going on in Dressrosa. If that wasn't bad enough, the Tontada are also enslaved in Doflamingo's secret factory. Uh, the rebel faction informs Usopp that they plan to rescue their despicable princess Mancheri, who is no... Uh, who is the, the noble, noble champion that is going to lead them to victory in this battle? Why, that would be Usopp, of course. Or Usoland. Uh, Toy Soldier leads Fraland and... Uh, er, sorry. Toy Soldier leads Fraland to the Tantata, who have established a Riku Royal Army base beneath Greenbit. He and Zololand decide to get back to the Thousand Sunny as soon as possible. Bartolomeo is a Luffy fanboy, apparently. Join the club, man. Rebecca attempts to assassinate Luffy in a desperate attempt to win the tournament. It turns out she is the granddaughter of the prior King Riku, who is alive and in the Coliseum. He is considered the enemy of the people, question mark. And a toy soldier has dedicated his life to protecting Rebecca and raising her, despite the fact that he can't live with her 
because he failed to save her mother. Brooke manages to save Nami, Chopper, and the Thousand Sunny. Doflamingo, Isho, and Law are still doing their thing. Law has gotten his ass beat, and Doflamingo is monologuing. Turns out he's a celestial dragon returning to his ancestral homeland in Dressrosa. Just as Law seems shit out of luck, Nami and her two boys show up. Um, also, Sanji, who has a brief showdown, or Sanji does have a brief showdown with Doflamingo. Doflamingo's power is string based, as it turns out, and all this fucked up shit he's doing has been with strings it turns out king riku is alive and oh he also isn't a piece of shit uh he's actually kind of a lincolnian figure who liberated the tontata finally at the end of these chapters it is revealed that toy soldier is in fact rebecca's father who has lost or and she has lost her memories of him and that's pretty much what happened saw that one coming you did oh yeah did you like it? Um, I didn't dislike it. It just is what I thought was going to happen. Because uh, I feel like it's pretty... I thought it was pretty explicit. <laughs> With like yeah. the toy soldier taking care of her all the time. She says he's he's like her stepdad to her. She didn't, and then... Um, but then once they explain the memory stuff, I was like, oh, that's probably what's going to happen here. I got a question. Uh, towards the end, when we meet the king and he recognizes you know, a former soldier of his. What did you think of his comment that he's been keeping an eye on Violet? Uh, I feel like I'm supposed to have way deeper thoughts about this. No, than no, you no. Probably I was just wondering if, if that struck you any particular way. Just curious. Well, we don't know who Violet is, right? Yeah, we do. She's the, Violet um, is the, I already forgot. I thought that was the, Viola. Oh, maybe I'm getting mixed up then. Okay. Well, never mind. Wait, now I'm confused. Which one's Violet again? I don't know. Or who, do, who did you who did you say it was, John? I thought it was Viola. I could be wrong. I don't know. I I also might be wrong. This is embarrassing. We have a podcast about well, this. Oh <laughs> we don't know basic facts about the plot. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! There um, are too many names in this stretch. Uh, I know it's at the very end, right? So. Yeah, I'm checking it now. Well, we can keep chit chatting. Uh, you mean Mancheri is who she he talks about? He sees my daughter Mancheri. Uh, Mancheri is the princess of the Tontata. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, but he's talking about how the... Uh, okay, he says Viola is the name that has been looked over. So, I was wrong about the name being Violet, but yeah, it is Viola, who we do oh, okay. Well, now I just feel like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, why would he care about her? That's so weird. Yeah. No, I, we don't know yet, but yeah, I was just wondering if anyone had any thoughts. Uh, Viola being the woman I- who seduced Sanji... Uh, oh yeah but then kind of flipped on uh the don quixotes who she works for but doesn't really want to for some reason oh right right okay so like he's i don't know now that is interesting i don't know like why why would he care about that (laughs) sure and why would uh him looking after the guard looking after viola prove that he's an honorable man because that's the context of that comment too i don't know i do know but you know (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i know but i don't want to guess in case i do know secretly subconsciously what i do want to talk about is uh a very early frame uh sequence where sanji and conquero are or conjuro what's his name uh who are you kinemon kinemon yeah they're they're looking excuse me sorry i just burped they're looking for uh conjuro i think yeah, Sanji and uh, Kinemon, and <laughs> Kinemon is like, I have to get to the secret factory and save Conjuro. And Sanji goes, 
yeah, and I would love to help you with that, but we yeah. really have to do this other thing. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was a, it was a moment that would have been really funny to hear acted out. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So in, when the live in like action, ten years. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> in ten years when the when the live action gets to this point, that's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I wonder if they're gonna. Um, that'd be insane if it actually stays at Netflix for like, and it keeps getting greenlit and like the next seasons get okayed, you know, at, for like the next twenty years. I mean, I, they're gonna age out of their characters. <laughs> yeah, I I have like, no idea what's like plan impossible there is. to make this work. Yeah. I feel uh-huh. like the streaming slash entertainment bubble is going to pop three times by the time that happens. And I just, yeah, I agree. Gonna- Logistically, I don't see how that's ever going to happen. But you know what? I'm I'm here to hope. Like to it'll believe. be picked up on NBC. <laughs> we'll be watching it on our, one of our four channels that we'll have because streaming will have imploded. <laughs> yeah, or it'll all just be state run. There's just going to be one of them. <laughs> um. What, what did you guys want to talk about? Because my next thing is Frankie talking to the toy soldier when he uh, when he learns about that, all that stuff. Uh, I think for me, the the thing that really stuck with me the most was probably the Coliseum stuff. Um, there's which so is mo- much now that I'm thinking about it. God, there's a lot that happened. Yeah, but I um, I wanted to shout out a uh, Bartolomeo whose deal we finally know. Uh, Patrick, what did you think of uh, the reveal of what Bartolomeo's whole deal is? Um, is that in the very beginning? Sort of. I mean, we find out that he's like a Straw Hat super fan is what I'm oh, getting right, at. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, that was weird. I was kind of just baffled a lot of this reading this because there's <laughs> kind of a lot going on that I didn't expect and I kind of didn't understand what was going on some of the time. Is um, there anything you want to like talk through? Uh, we could talk about the Bartolom- Bartolomeu stuff. Um... He basically he, said. he basically just explained that he was a criminal of some kind. He ran like a criminal network. And he mm-hmm. makes a funny comment, which I liked, where he says, I was just a small time criminal and I only had 150 villages under my control. And I was like, yeah, I remember that. That doesn't sound very small time. It sounds like you were kind of a big shot before you even heard about Luffy. But OK. Yeah. In the, in the Viz translation, I think he calls himself a, a humble kingpin. Um, yeah. But yeah, it really does seem like once Luffy became his hero, he's like, oh, that's small, like, that's just inherently small time shit. If you want to be cool, you have to be a pirate. (laughs) I remember this is when he's talking about, like, um, he'll never be as, like, badass as Luffy, basically. Doesn't he talk about that? Like, he can never, is that him talking about that? Well, he he gets, uh, I mean, he talks about it a few times. He gets really mad at some other gladiators for just sort of pulls the dagger out on the top yeah right? yeah for just like bad mouthing luffy and um saying you know that that's the future king of pirates watch your fucking mouth i think he like cuts some tongues or something he stabs the guy through the away. tongue it yeah like panned away though but i think that's the the implication this is what that's why it was confusing to me now i was like weren't they just fighting in the last chapters and like now he's like a luffy super or he's a straw hat super fan but he's been that the whole time well so he, he wasn't like he was talking with Cavendish, who has a huge grudge against Luffy, mm-hmm. and he makes some comment to Cavendish of like, oh, yeah, I'm here for Straw Hat, too. And Cavendish interprets that as, I want to take him out. Oh, you also want to kill him. But yeah. technically, Bardo doesn't say that. He, he just insinuates that he has some interest in Straw Hat. And, and now we find out what it actually is. 
uh, which is he thinks he's the coolest man in the world, and he really, 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 really wants to talk to him and maybe get an autograph. Maybe join the Going Merry. Who knows? I uh, I did really like the detail, though, that, that it was all back at Rogue Town when Luffy was about to get executed. Yeah, yeah and uh, lightning he came from that. the heavens. Yeah. He's like, I knew two him. years ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, this, okay. I was um, talking to John on the little spoiler episode we did for Dressrosa about how oh, yeah. something that I really, really enjoy and like a, a good kind of like fantasy adventure story that rarely actually happens is it always feels to me like the main character should become famous at some point. And uh, it just makes sense for them to then get fans. And I really like One Piece incorporating that. Um, I don't know. It's cool. Like, like Luffy, you know, was inspired to become a pirate by Shanks. And now he's inspiring this absolute psycho to become a pirate, too. And it's also mirroring the event that precipitated the Great Age of Pirates, right? Like, mm-hmm. Luffy's Logtown moment is a mirror of Goldie Rogers' mm-hmm. Logtown moment. Yeah, and, and Bartow even people. calls that out. He says at the very place where uh, the Pirate King was executed like 10 years earlier. And then, yeah. um, and go ahead. Also, um, we actually have all the tools to figure out what actually happened with that lightning, too. Yeah, I uh, I can't, I, I think it's more or less been said by this point, but I can't remember. Like that it was someone throwing that lightning down, that guy? Yeah, it was, it was Dragon. Yeah. He's dad. So... Mm-hmm. We don't know, like, how Dragon would be able to manipulate lightning, like, probably a devil fruit, but, yeah, it, it, it's basically pretty much confirmed that Dragon did something to save Luffy's life. Um, but, yeah, Bardo didn't know that. He interpreted it as, like, an act of, like, divine fate or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the Bartolomeo stuff. I like how ruthless he is, mm-hmm. and I like how he isn't just a fan of Luffy's. He's a straw hat fan in general. Cause when he sees Zoro, he's like, Oh, that's the loyal first mate of straw hat. The one who all the crew members turn to. I mean, it's not like he has good information, but it seems like he's kind of projecting a lot onto Zoro, you know? <laughs> well, he's like, I like to think of him as the loyal first mate. Who's, you know, the first one. And what Bardo is, is he's like a surrogate for the fans of one piece. Yeah. He's us. <laughs> yeah. Just talking about, oh, all, all my favorite guys are here. Oh, <laughs> I know all about him. I know what his deal is. Oh, gosh, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, um, Patrick, I, did you have any other um, clarifying questions? Or if I don't want to move on if you had another thing to add, Matt. Oh, I was just going to say it was cool to see him use his barrier power like aggressively by pinning that dude against the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's pretty good power. Pretty good power. Yeah, was there anything else that like particularly wasn't clicking for you, Patrick? I'm sure it'll come up when you guys bring up something. Uh, but... I have a complaint um, that yeah. really stuck out to me and I thought was completely bewildering and weird, which was uh, the scene where Rebecca attempts to murder Luffy. Makes yeah, no I've read sense. that like three times. I was like, what do you mean she was trying to kill you? Like She was swiping at the guy that was holding Luffy's well, neck, right? Okay, so... This is all very rushed and confusing and makes absolutely no sense for her character who we find out like a chapter or two later literally refuses to even attack anybody in the ring. Mm -hmm. So like she won't attack other gladiators that are trying to kill her, but she will like just try to shank Luffy for no given reason. She, she gives him the food and then goes to where the like live in gladiators are that are effectively like 
slaves that are just fighting for the chance of freedom, which none of them expect to ever get. Mm. And she's one of them. They all know her. They all like her. And so they grab Luffy to restrain him so that she can try to stab him. And Oh, because they want to eliminate him so yeah. that there's one less contestant for the... Well, Rebecca does. I think her calculation is after seeing him fight that he's going to win the final round unless she kills him now. But I agree okay. with Matt that that doesn't seem like it's a Rebecca-ass thing to do at all. It's completely <laughs> out of character for her. And th- yeah, he just does it, doesn't explain it, and then drops it immediately. And mm-hmm. Luffy's like, actually, it's fine. And I'm not going to change anything about my attitude towards you now. So it might as well not have happened except to show that you're <laughs> desperate for this or whatever. But Yeah, Luffy turns to the camera and he says, it's almost like this didn't need to be in it at all. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand it. Yeah, even that's a like a bit. rare thing in One Piece, where there's yeah. just a whole scene that you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck you, Oda. I feel like usually it, it's like a joke or something. You can tell that this probably would hit a lot better in Japanese. Um, this just doesn't. This is a moment that for me just made no fucking sense. I, I was baffled at why it happened, and it just kind of muddied the waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. I had a clarifying question. Matt, are there different, like, factions of the Tontata? Like, is the Riku Royal Army faction different than, like, the Usopp faction that's going to save Manchuri, or is that part of it? That's a great question. Um, they're all the same guys. It's just that um, most of them are back at the base. Some of them are, like, out and about for whatever reason, like the one hanging out with uh, Zoro. And then there are, like, 500 of them that are imprisoned. Um, but they're all the same. It's not like there's the kingdom and then there's like the radical socialist Tantatas that are, you know, like fifth columnists or whatever. No, they're all, they're all the same. They're all on the same side. They're all friends with each other. Um, even the hated Manchuri, which it, it's very funny to just slag on this person so aggressively uh, without any context. Um, I, it was an interesting moment when they were like, yeah, we have this stupid princess. We hate her. She's stupid. The worst. Mm-hmm. And Usopp goes, is there anything good about her? And they're like, <laughs> no, there's nothing good about her at all. But she is one of us. <laughs> I um, I remember the payoff to that. Uh, and I won't spoil it. But uh, yeah, we, we will meet her at some point And we'll find out uh, what her personality is like. Um. All right, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Frankie learning about the horrible laws of Dressrosa from Toy Soldier. Yeah. And just, I thought it was kind of darkly funny when they start with, there's a curfew of 12 p.m. Everybody (laughs) has to be in bed by 12 p.m. And Frankie is like horrified and he goes (laughs) like, what do you mean? You can't go out to the bar and drink with your friends? What the fuck? And that's like before you find out about all of the like horrible other shit. Mm -hmm. That's Frankie's main concern. There wouldn't even be a bar to go to. (laughs) It wouldn't be an open bar. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, (laughs) I guess I'll, I'll just run through some of these rules and we can like chit chat about them. Um, because I, I, you know, somewhat flippantly referred to it as apartheid in my intro, but that is very much what it is. Um, toy soldier, toy, not toy soldiers, toys cannot go in human homes and humans cannot go, or I guess the toys don't have homes. They all sleep in the, the toy, the house of toy toys box. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The ha- toy house. Yeah. Um, they can't like be in relationships, right? They can't like, they can hang out, but they can't like. 
They can't cohabitate. Yeah, they can't. You, a, a person and a toy can't live together. They shan't mix because there's no toy abortions in this land. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a really heartbreaking situation because it sounds like the toys are like valued members of the society in most every way. Like they're not necessarily discriminated against in the the classic sense that you would imagine. Like they're they hang out with people. They're friends and like. They give comfort and love to people and they're appreciated, but there's this artificial barrier that separates them from the humans, which is the thing where they can't cohabitate, but also the memory thing where they, they are like, that's my wife and she doesn't know who I am kind of stuff. That's, I was going to say that's, they, they did explain already at this point, right? Or is this when they're explaining it that every toy was a person? Yeah. Yeah. We find out in the stretch and we, we even see somebody get turned into a toy, um, Mm-hmm. The the new leader of the Hasui army or whatever, um, Don Chinjiao's grandson, uh, we see him get turned into a toy. Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty horrifying it, power. It is. It, it's really it's really messed up. Um, we we see from the toy creation that the guy like retains a self, sense of self and personality, but he has no like control over his body, and he he is forced to obey the commands that he's given, which is basically yeah, follow these rules and never never act against the Don Quixote family. But like, you know, there, there's such a, like, it, it's mostly Spain, but there's also like an ancient Rome thing going on here. And, and like bread and circuses is a big, like shorthand for keeping Roman citizens happy, ensuring they had bread and they had circuses and food doesn't really seem to be a concern here. We've got the circuses, but yeah, the, the toys are this sort of like all encompassing panacea for every, like everything bad that could happen. Like, lonely old people it's fine they get toy companions every kid has a little dog to play with there's somebody get you know there's a toy for everyone whatever your your needs are and that's really important because it, it seems like the best thing that they've got going on to distract them from how uh fucked up and weird their society has gotten uh especially because the the memory thing seems to apply to regular people too not just toys uh the people get turned into toys are effectively, you know, removed from the memories of everybody who ever knew them. So it, it's a really weird, fucky situation going on. Everybody's heads are getting messed with uh, to some extent. Yeah, and um, oh, I guess Patrick, are you are you following <laughs> so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I I think this also weirdly intersects with the whole Doflamingo thing too, where he tells the story of who the celestial dragons are. Yeah. Um, there were these 20 different like royal families from around the world mm-hmm. that all kind of met up and tried to establish a, a new world order, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. And they did that. Uh, the only one who didn't go, I guess was the, uh, was Vivi's family. Mm-hmm. Interestingly. Yep. Uh, Doflamingo belonged to one of these families and dress Rosa is the kingdom that his family left behind when they went to Mary the whole from Mary Joa. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the holy, whatever. So the Tontata were enslaved, it sounds like, for all of known history, more or less. Um, and only since the, you know, founding of Mary Joe jo or whatever, um, has the Riku family taken over and actually made them not slaves. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my understanding. Is that, does that sound right to you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've been free for 800 years. And, um, the, you know, the I guess the first King Riku or whatever helped... Co- one of them, I don't remember. Anyway, they, they came up with the story about the fairies taking things as a way to basically offer restitution to the Tentatas for uh, for all the times that they were enslaved. 
okay so it was like reparations (laughs) they're like you can steal (laughs) my shit (laughs) exactly yeah like like you can take whatever you want nobody will give you any uh, grief over it we'll we'll just tell people that it's because of the the fairies the same ones that make the flowers grow um and yeah there there was a time before the tentatas were enslaved because we hear that the the whatever doflamingo king whichever don quixote uh king rather invited them and said uh for a little labor i'll give you food and shelter and that turned into them getting enslaved so presumably there was another island with tentatas maybe we'll meet them sometime maybe we won't i i genuinely have no clue and i want to stress how tiny these little guys are (laughs) they're real tiny oh you saw them crawling over uh nico robin in the last set yeah, yeah is it weird for them to have for them to be crawling around? Um, I forgot about the king, the king <laughs> <Yeah>. and the cleavage. <laughs> the king with yeah, big old sunglasses. Yeah, is, is <laughs> it a little weird? That. Yes, but also I think it's important to have them next to Robin's boobs for scale. Yeah, there was an SBS question that pointed out that uh, referring to her boobs is like Zone B. Like I've finished checking. Yeah. Zone B was a very deliberate. Uh, Little, oh, I just got a little that joke now, yeah. that he was making. Yeah, <laughs> there was some uh, questionable. I can't believe some of the SBS questions they published. I think like the one about like um, Rebecca's like what was underneath her like bottom sequin. Yeah, I think it's like thing. is she is she not wearing she pants wearing under her, there or I was something? Like, oh god, they picked yeah. this one to publish. Yeah, I, I think that the context of most of these letters being written by like twelve year old boys is important. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It's like. This is not behavior that most Western publications would uh, look to cultivate in their fan base, I think. Yeah. I think maybe it's a cultural thing where when little boys are horny, it's funny. But then if you're a a grown man and you do it, that's shameful, you know? Yeah, I don't don't understand the nuances, but there definitely seem to be some cultural differences in in the attitude towards all that. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, but... It's definitely not the same way we look I, at it over here. I think here. the zone B joke is where I draw the line. The asking if she's wearing panties thing is a little over the line for me. That, <laughs> that's a little much for me, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, the S- okay. I'll bring up my SBS thing then because we're talking about Rebecca. So it fits. Sure. Do you guys want to pull up that chapter I told you to go to and go to page 20 for the yeah, SBS? Yeah, 719, right? Yeah. Okay. The last page, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the uh, the female uh, or gender swapped worst generation. Oh, or... I didn't even know that's what that was. I just blew past that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gender swapped supernovas. Um, oh. Is there anything you guys notice looking at this? Uh, well, I say that Law looks exactly like Nico Robin as a girl. Uh huh. Um, that uh, Bonnie looks a lot like Sanji, but I'm not sure. I mean, the, the Lady Drake is still bearded, um, but yeah, I don't know. What do, what are you what are you trying to point us towards? Oda can draw different lady faces. Oh, oh. got it. Yeah, Wa uh-huh. is the only one who has Nami face. <laughs> All the other faces don't look like Nami. All he yeah. has to do is like actually. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Actually, now I think that Oda's pretty on the record of saying that. Yeah, he could draw the ladies differently, but if they're ladies, he's going to be drawing them a lot. He wants to draw them in the way that he wants to draw them, and he, he knows he's being very self-indulgent there, but that's what he wants to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's your manga, and, you know, you can do what you want with it, I guess. But, yeah, he could totally do 
something different if he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. I'm oh, just looking sure. at this and I'm like, this is so cool. Why is it cool? Because there's a diversity of looking <laughs> different looking women. I mean, it's, I really, it's good. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. I, I wish we'd see more of this. I, I, I think Scratch Menopoo's uh, gender swap is probably my favorite. I really like. Yes. Cool, Frank, yeah. She looks way better to me as a design than he does. Yeah. <laughs> he looks kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I wish that Scratchman just looked like this. What's the one in the bottom in the middle? Who's that? Bottom Is that middle? Drake? That's Drake. Yeah. I like Lady Drake too. Lady Drake's cool. I like, I yeah. like how she has like kind of a pointier face than most of Oda's women. Yeah. 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 You're right. She, yeah. That's good. They're all good. Yeah. I mean, they're it all. It also makes you realize a nose goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Put a different uh, nose on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, just the, the the range and diversity of noses here is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. You know what this makes me think of is Perona, because she also had a pretty unique lady face. True. Yeah, no, th- th- that is very true. And I always think of um, the, the mermaid Granny Kokoro, I think her name is, back in uh, Water 7. Yeah. And um, the, um, I don't remember their names, but the twin sisters that are in the Frankie family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is me just remembering part of why Water 7 is my favorite arc, because <laughs> <laughs> he experimented a little bit more. Um, all right. Is there anything else we want to say about Rebecca, the Don Quixote story, the horrible laws on Dressrosa, or any of that? Um, I really like Rebecca. Like, I think Rebecca's a really cool character. It, it's neat that we get, like, a more martially coded princess there have been several princesses now and it's cool that she's you know one with a sword mm-hmm. um i i like that she is able to kind of fight just by dodging because she doesn't want to hurt anyone that's interesting um even though she she could and i really like toy soldier um i i love that we still are just getting little bits and pieces of what everybody's deal is um i don't know i like rebecca i, I like i really like what she's doing right now and I think part of the pleasure of Dressrosa is trying to figure out how the fuck all of this is going to end up fitting together. We are a quarter of the way through? Uh, yeah, no. That sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, of Dressrosa. Of Dressrosa, yeah. Okay, I was like, yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're way more... chapters. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're around two-thirds of the way through the whole story, I think, uh, so far. I did wanted to say that there was a part in the last section where um, Doflamigo is saying something, and... Saying something about how powerful he was, or something like that. I think it's when uh, the blind guys, sh- the blind guy shows up. Fujitora, uh, right? Yeah, yeah Fujitora. And then uh, I don't know who's saying it. If it's like one of the minions, or if it's one of the straw hats, saying like, "Well, you would you would use like some kind of celestial dragon." And then they they kind of leave it alone. And then you find out actually he actually is a celestial dragon, like yeah. in this art in this bit. And I thought that was cool. It is, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll find out a bit more about that too. Um, it's kind of crazy that he is one, though, because most of the ones we've seen so far are just useless and annoying. They seem like they're deficient, like they've been inbred too many times, you know? Yeah, yeah. Doflamingo looks pretty uh, good, though. He's keeping it tight, you know? He's clever. I mean, he's a piece of shit. He's horrible, but mm-hmm. he well, at um, least seems competent compared to whoever his parents are, I would think. I think Fujitora gives him a nickname, which is probably like, I think it sums up the entire concept for the character that we are just now discovering, which is a heavenly demon. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. It, I think that encapsulates him very well. Um, I will shout out the, the like seven elders or whatever, the head of the world government. 
however many elders there are. So those, are, those guys are also celestial dragons that look very different from the normal. They're the OG. Yeah, the snot-eating bubblehead the- freaks. They're the full-blooded, uh, yeah. the the un. What is it? Un. Uh, they're purebloods. Undiluted. Uh, <laughs> Undiluted. Yeah. 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 Patrick some- can say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too soon. Yeah, we we haven't gotten to it yet, but there are some interesting theories uh, floating around out there that uh, we'll eventually get to talk about. They'll eventually matter as characters and not just be guys we see every sixty chapters. Um, how did you guys feel about the Don Chinjiao stuff? I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was weird. <laughs> it was I le- I I thought when they did the flashback and I was like, "Oh fuck, here we go. There's going to be 20 pages of this." And it's like two pages or it's like one short. one yeah. spread uh-huh. and it was just about how his head used to be pointy. Yeah. And like he hid his shit in a ice at a glacier somewhere. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I just like to go and look at it. I can get it whenever I want. And I was like, why would you freeze it in a fucking block of ice? Like, what do you mean you can get it whenever you want? It's called a cabinet, man. Yeah. (laughs) You ever heard of like a dresser or cabinet or like some kind of storage unit? And it's, he was flexing because his head was so powerful, you know? It's funny, but yeah, like kind of didn't fit. It felt weird. I guess. I mean, it's a weird yeah. story, but yeah. It's kind of the thing about Dressrosa overall, from what I remember, is that there are a lot of parts that are often very good individually, but they don't necessarily cohere super well. But um, we do get a really interesting comment from Don Chinjiao, uh when Luffy is running away, which says, I wanted to pledge my army to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, that's interesting. I just I want to shout out a good Luffy line when I say it or when I see it, because I do, I do like that fight. Luffy was pulling out some pretty cool moves, and he was really testing the limits of his new strength, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, and I, I mean, it seemed like he was doing the classic anime thing of, like, slowly turning up the heat, you mm, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> right before he punches the dude's head back into being pointy, he... <laughs> He says, so what, Garp punched you once? I got punched, like, every day my entire life <laughs> or something like that. He's, like, basically just, like, you only got punched once. I got punched a, a lot. It's a funny contrast, too, because, like, clearly there's a big, like, filial piety thing going on between Don Zhao and his grandsons. They're very respectful of him. Like, they're very centered around him, you know. The, the new leader is, like, he understands that he inherited it and... Meanwhile, like Luffy is like, I have nothing to do with my grandpa. Talk to him. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. This is nothing to do with me. Like, I might have to kill my grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> um, I I do have a theory. I wanted to. I don't know even how much of a theory this is, and I don't know. Somebody else probably has thought of it too. But there's a theory that when Garp was punching Luffy over the years, he was microdosing him with hockey. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh like infusing hockey into his punches like small amounts at a time to like strengthen Luffy as he went. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a power system in Hunter Hunter where that's like a way to unlock your magical abilities as being is by being punched by someone who has magical abilities. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so people were theorizing this might be a similar thing where your exposure to hockey can actually make like increase your talent in using it. I could say that. I, uh, I I liked this part. I just wanted to shout it out because um, I agree with you, Patrick. I was like, oh, man, I don't remember how long this is. And then the fact that it was just a two page long thing, I was like, hell yeah, brother. Like, 
it's like it's fine okay. with me <laughs> i thought i thought like that's a little harsh like that's i was like i just kept thinking that's why you hate luffy's grandpa like that's why he punched your head like he punched your crazy shaped head to his, his flat and like you couldn't get your stuff anymore <laughs> dude his treasure. head is like his penis i guess so garp emasculated yeah. him he took away his main weapon his main <laughs> hammer if you will but for three generations <laughs> you just him for that yeah i guess i mean i guess that'll do it if you can't get your get to your stuff anymore you couldn't get new stuff i guess i get it it's like clipping the wings of a bird or something it's humiliating <laughs> what like you know so much time especially early on in one piece is, is spent on exploring the dreams of different characters and the treasures of them and, and explaining how like that's the most important thing is your treasure, whatever that is. Um, so yeah, it was a very bog standard pirate treasure thing, but uh, I don't know, he, he cared about it a lot, even more than his weird little army thing. That <laughs> oh, we uh, Luffy. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just saying that the, the weird little army that we don't have any real details on. It's just a thing that apparently exists. I'm yeah, sure it's, it's like I'm a sure throwaway cool. thing. I I was surprised that Luffy just ran, you know, and like I thought he could hear what he was saying. And I'm like, you, he, did, did he even notice he fixed his head? <laughs> Who knows what? Like Luffy he was just running the entire <laughs> the entire time, and he's like turning down a free army. Yeah, yeah, and help, and he's about to go fight. Or he's you know running a Do Flamingo, and I'm like, <laughs> seems like that might be useful. <laughs> Maybe uh, we got a lot. <laughs> left this <laughs> oh yeah there's like a hundred chapters right so uh yeah a hundred total but there, again there are, all this happens in one day there are a lot of people trying to kill luffy right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think rebecca even is like oh you've made a lot of enemies <laughs> yeah i i still love lucy and the whole lucy thing it's so stupid he's just wearing a fake beard but what about moosey moosey yeah <laughs> oh moosey <laughs> moosey's great poor, moosey got poor moosey Moosey didn't, uh, Moosey didn't get back up after she ran to the giant. Oh, the giant was like, I f- totally forgot about that too. Yeah. That was Haj- like, Har- Hajurdin or something. Harudin. Hajurudin. I said Hajurudin, but. So Moosey's, Moosey is alive, by the way. They do confirm that the, the cow was not killed. Not that anyone would assume that because they're reading one piece, but. I love Did they confirm Jesse, that in these chapters? Jesse. Yeah, it's in these chapters. Oh, I don't even remember that yet. It was like a throwaway comment, I think. Okay. What were you saying, John? Uh, I, love I, loved, when... I loved when Lucy punched the giant in the face. That was so cool, the way oh, it was yeah. drawn. There's a lot of good uh, action in mm-hmm. in the Coliseum in general. A lot of yeah. that stuff is really well drawn and really like heavily shaded and detailed. I mean, there's, there's a two-page spread coming up in Dressrosa that is my favorite drawing in one piece so far and i can't wait to get to it but this arc in general is like i feel like oda has really leveled up by this point Mm -hmm. where he was always good and now he's just kind of like leaning into his strengths and really doing some cool shit he i I think that maybe more than maybe more than any other arc which is really saying something he just wanted to draw a bunch of weird people and just go nuts with them um Mm -hmm. like the doflamingo crew are all very odd looking uh, and the Coliseum especially is like, yeah, I just want to create as many weird little people as I can and just throw them all together like action figures. Uh, Luffy did a, I believe it was a Red Hawk jet pistol. Yeah. He like, that did like up. a flaming hockey jet punch. Um, all that stuff was, was like, I think once Oda figured out how to get 
Luffy's speed and power to come across on the panel, it just is game mm-hmm. over for me on Luffy fights. They're always so cool to me. I um combat-wise, I wanted to shout out two other things I really liked. One was um Sanji flying through the air to intercept Doflamingo. Uh I thought that was really cool. Sanji mm-hmm. can fly. Yeah, and, and we get that fantastic panel of him like going like ankle to ankle with Doflamingo like they're crossing swords. I thought that was really neat. <laughs> and um and how fucked up are the art art powers? Um, oh God, that hurt my brain. I I really <laughs> I think that's the first chapter, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's how like it starts. What it starts with. Yeah. And uh, I really, it was a great Brooke moment of him being clever and just knowing how to talk to this insane art woman uh, to the point that she <laughs> she basically gives him his sword without realizing it, and he's able to uh, KO her before everybody dies by becoming painting. Yeah, yeah. she was a. Uh, interesting i don't even think she's that interesting she's just kind of another weird kind of uh enemy for them to have to deal with but the the drawing of people made me insane like uh brooke looked <laughs> really really weird even though it was just a skeleton so did nami oh mm-hmm. nami's face was fucked up looking and then who was the blocky was that um chopper looked really fucked was up. that well, chopper there's a, there was like chopper and momo yeah nami momo and chopper and uh brooke yeah um i really enjoyed what the the ship got kind of melted into also it's, i mm-hmm. don't know but I, I do want to shout out also one of what i think is one of the more interesting things about this arc um and it probably happens because there are just too many characters to keep track of if you don't do this but uh half of the straw hats are gonna just fucking leave <laughs> they're gonna go to the next island already yeah they're gonna dip out with the ship they got caesar too yeah, and and I think that that is a really neat thing of like, well, yeah, what happens when half the gang is gone and they don't have the ship to go back to? Um, I really liked how we saw Doflamingo's powers getting displayed in these chapters. We saw him mm-hmm. slash uh, Sanji with some string, mm-hmm. and we also got the explanation from Law, like, hey, don't fly under any clouds. He can fly on fly through clouds using his string powers, which is really scary. <laughs> I forgot that, yeah, he's Spider-Man in clouds. Ridiculous. Yeah, so like when, I think you guys asked me last uh, record, mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, do you think you know what Doflamingo's <laughs> powers are? I think you got all the pieces. And I was like, the only thing he saw is like he cheese graters the, or he like cubes the meteorite when it spikes down and then he can fly. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how they're related. But then when you get the explanation that it's like strings, mm-hmm. that just made it less cool to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> they call them like, it was like prism, or I think it's like prism strings, or I forget what they called it, like a... Prismatic uh, string? It's like prismatic spring or something, strings or something like that. And I'm like, then I just thought about Spider-Man, like through the clouds, and how mm-hmm. he's completely useless in like a field of corn with like a clear <laughs> sky. <laughs> so, then it made him less cool to me. And I, I don't know, he was way more scary to me when his power was not explained as like it's all strings you know he's got like a shoot out of everywhere and he can <laughs> well, some, and but he flaps i'm like what is he doing flapping is he trying to disguise that he's like using strings <laughs> if you go back and look at it you're gonna realize it doesn't really look like flapping <laughs> okay it, it looks like yeah when you know what it Spider-Man-ing. is it looks like he's spider-manning yeah okay maybe i i think though give it a chance i i think He'll become scary again. I, I wouldn't worry about it too That's, much. See, and I think he is scary because he's kind of like a psychotic Spider-Man figure. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, what if Spider-Man had way better webs and they were invisible? 
<laughs> and yeah, he wasn't I mean, afraid to murder people all the time. It's yeah, kind of like me, Venom. <laughs> it, it's like, what if what if Spider-Man had like 10 webs instead of two? And what if they were also razor wire? And what if they could also control people? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But uh, he's got one move in particular that uh, is pretty scary. So I, Okay, I forgot. Like the heart thing. He did that, right? That was, that law. was law. Yeah. Taking the heart out. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one of Law's moves. Oh um, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and we we find out that uh, Law had taken his own heart out uh, and, and used that to hide Caesar's mm-hmm. heart, and just a lot of heart swap. He's like, "Oh, I got yours right here," <laughs> and then uh, definitely go kills like some random soldier guy, right? Yeah, he's like uh, how, his heart. How do you know whose heart that is? And he tests it by squeezing it to see who screams. <laughs> and yeah, it was a marine. Well, um, we're running a little late on time, but I do kind of want to bring up Usopp as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, Explicitly uh, saying like, oh, I'll, I'll wait for things to calm down and then I'll dip out of here. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> and like all the Tontata are just like, he's going to save us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's so funny. And like, I, I love Usopp stuff in this arc and. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can kind of like lay it out for you, Patrick. So we have because we, we have this information now, but like so Sanji, Nami, Brooke, Chopper, Momo and Law are all leaving the island. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Matt? I don't remember who, but that sounds right. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to keep it all straight in my head. And then the rest of them, which is Frankie, Zoro and Luffy and Kinemon. Uh, and Robin and, and Robin Usopp. and Usopp. Yeah. They're staying on the island. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like we're a quarter of the way through and we lost half of our straw hats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, that that's kind of weird, but it's also like the ones that are left are going to get so much screen time, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, is it not going to jump between both of them? No. I, really? It, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but yeah, so. this this yeah. arc is what? Dressrosa. We will yeah. find out. Yeah, we'll find out about their oh, stuff later. That's so that's the Storm of Swords and Feast of Crows. I was part. about to say, if yeah. you've read the Game of Thrones books, it's just yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. We'll we'll find out what the others are up to at some point, but uh, in, in ten years, <laughs> no, it won't take that long. I, I Actually, in one little... day. <laughs> yeah, in tomorrow. one day, uh, sixty chapters later. Um, in, the, to be, I don't remember if it does do any cutting back and forth, but if it does, it's going to be very minimal. I, I don't remember doing that at all. I, I think they're like, okay, we're leaving now, and then we'll catch up with them later. Um, well, we're coming to the end, so I guess I'll just throw it to you guys for last thoughts. Patrick, you've been so quiet, so I would like to know what you think or if you have any other questions. I did have one more clarification. I was kind of flipping through again. Sure. The, I didn't fully understand the thing with Law and Doflamingo. I think it's in like mm-hmm. 722 or something when they're face to face and law kind of leaves the straw hats, basically tells him he was using them to get to this spot or he was in a, in alignment with them to get to this spot. And yeah. then he says, this is where our allegiance, this is where our, our paths diverge basically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't quite understand because he talks about something that happened 13 years ago with yeah. uh Doflamingo. Mm-hmm. And I think that's supposed to be like, you're not supposed to understand what that's yeah. about. But the are we just not supposed to know more? Because they're I couldn't remember exactly why Law was going to stop Doflamingo. <laughs> and I felt yeah, pretty uh, dumb. So we'll take a step back and, and look at it. So Law 
Law became a warlord of the sea specifically to try to get to uh, Punk Hazard to get into the room, produce the gas. Yeah. And um, to use that to destroy the gas. And now, basically what they're trying to do, is they're, they're using Smile to create uh, artificial devil fruits that are being mostly sold to Kaido, one of the four emperors. Right. And um, Law basically said to Luffy, like, hey, team up with me and we're going to take out uh, Kaido together. And here's how we do this. Um, and the idea is that if they can wipe out the smile supply, then, you know, it'll really hurt Kaido. But <clears throat> what he's saying now is, and, you know, it's up to us if we want to believe this or not, but what he's saying is actually that was all bullshit. The entire point of this plan was to get you out. Um, and like, ideally I'm going to kill you, but if I can't kill you, if we can disrupt the smile, then Kaido will come here and he'll kill you himself. So that's what he meant by that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I, as like an added point of evidence to believing him when he says that it does kind of make sense because Luffy admitted to him that he wanted to take out the four emperors mm -hmm. uh -huh. that he stated that as his goal. So law knowing that knew if he said hey i know how to kill kaido that that would get luffy on board and he could kind of just point luffy at doflamingo right because doflamingo is gonna want to kill luffy anyway especially if he's allied with uh law which he almost explicitly says he goes like luffy's fighting in that coliseum right now your number one ally the guy that you were gonna try to like murder me with <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah he, okay, he's gonna die because he's surrounded by enemies which is a very fun aspect of this arc. Yeah, and, and we find out too that like none of the gladiators leave. Like if you do lose, you you're just piped down into like the junk uh, heap to get turned into a toy, basically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Sanji even I think it's Sanji who has a comment to um, Law of like, "Hey, aren't we supposed to be like working on the factory? Like you you seem weirdly fixated with this guy. Like what are you actually doing?" But yeah, the, the whole thirteen years ago thing, we don't know what that is yet. Um, we know that. Law used to be affiliated with the Don Quixote family um, when he was younger. That's what Virgo was like taunting him about back at Ponca uh, Hazard. And then I think uh, the two that showed up, uh, Buffalo and Baby Five, I think. It was like uh, some other name. I can't remember. Baby Who? something. And, and yeah, it was, it was Baby, yeah, five. Baby Five. I thought it was Buffalo. Um, it's Baby Five and somebody else, right? Buffalo is the spinny guy. Uh, I might be getting the name wrong but i think it's I a different name yeah maybe whatever it was okay. he's all black and like some weird thing right yeah he's got the spinny thing going on and he's got like the pirate like logo tattooed on his teeth but anyway I'm pretty he, sure he that's a comment. okay uh he made a comment that like yeah um he's keeping the heart seat open for you and, and we see the heart seat it's one of the four like playing card suite uh chairs that the doflamingo lieutenants sit in so we don't know what it is yet, but there's a whole thing going on there and we will find out, you know, more later on. Okay. That helps a lot, actually. Cool. Yeah, that is, um, that is a lot, but I mean, I guess we'll see how it all pays off. Right. Because punk hazard was all kind of just set up for this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just didn't know it at the time. <laughs> punk hazard is set up for like the next like 400 chapters more or less. Um, and yeah, in a way, this is also doing further setup too. I, really, we're we're in one gigantic like four hundred chapter mega arc, basically. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, I th I think I've pretty much said everything. Um, I will say like 
I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, let's get get into our reviews. I'll I'll say this as part of <laughs> sure, yeah. my review. Okay. So, Patrick, we will begin with you. Give us a rating from zero to seven. Berry Kingdoms. Okay, so uh, building off the last of, well, I'm just gonna say, building off of the what we've read of Dressrosa so far, it's getting a little hairy for me to keep straight. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to I have to really pay attention. And uh, powers of recall are not very good anymore, so I have to rely on John and Matt now. <laughs> but they're they know all this stuff, so it helps. Um, there's a ton of shit happening, kind of all the time now. So I feel like I can't even say that anymore as part of a review. It's very well done. Still, it's very well written. There are some weird parts that don't seem like they fit in this in these uh, seven thir- fourteen to twenty six. So I'm gonna ding it for that because I feel like maybe maybe. He didn't know what to do. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to give it uh, 5.7 Berry Kingdoms out of 7. Hell yeah. I am I am, I am. excited to f- see where it goes and what happens. As for myself, wow, guys, I don't know. I liked a lot of stuff in these chapters. Um, mm-hmm. The art being so good does a lot for me. Mm-hmm. That's important. These, these chapters looked good. The art is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that gives it at least five from that. And then one for Don Shinjao, (laughs) because I don't know, just the guy, the idea of a guy who has a pointy head that gets punched into being flat is funny. Mm -hmm. I think I'll go six out of seven. Cool. What about you, Matt? Man, um, Dressrosa is weird because like, I, I always have a lot of fun, like while I'm reading it. And most of my criticisms of it are like of the whole thing overall. I I would say rather than like the individual parts. Um, So I feel like what's going to happen is I'm just going to end up giving high ratings to all these. And then at the very end, it'll sound like I'm bitching out of nowhere, (laughs) but uh, I really enjoyed the stretch. I, um, I love Bartolomeo as a character. The Don Chinjao thing is very funny. And I do like the fake out of introducing a flashback that like wraps up almost immediately. Um, (laughs) I, I like a lot of this. I, I think it's, it's neat to split the gang in half. Um, I really like Doflamingo as a villain. Fujitora is one of maybe my favorite like Navy guy. Um, yeah. And this is just fun. It, Rebecca's cool. I love all the Coliseum stuff. Uh, the main thing I'm digging this for is the scene of Rebecca trying to murder Luffy, which again, makes no sense and serve no purpose. And I, I just don't get it. Um, so I'm going to probably give it an a minus. Um, still having a lot of fun. I do think that this arc gets away from Oda a little bit, um, but still, it, it's a good time, and I'm really excited to uh, continue on because I, I do kind of remember where this is all going. All right, uh, pretty good scores, honestly. Not too shabby, not too shabby at all. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, my fellow hosts, and thank you, the listener. You can always email us at devilfruitpunch at gmail dot com. Uh, we love to hear from you. We really do. And I until- love it the most. <laughs> until next time. <laughs> Ahoy! Ahoy. Ahoy? Ahoy. Ahoy.